so this past week we you know we honored veterans and sometimes we don't realize how much we need to appreciate them for the sacrifice they made so at this time if you're a veteran if you served in the armed forces we want to we want to honor you so please stand and if if you want to say a little bit about your service we'll be glad to to hear from you but if you're a veteran please stand and let us honor you I think I can talk into it. I can I can at least do that. So Brother Jim asked me Thursday night to speak and, and I told him I would and and you know the Lord laid on my heart a couple of passages of scriptures about uh, encounters with, with Jesus and you're gonna see two different two different viewpoints. But what got me on these two uh, passages of scripture is the attitude of these people. You know, and I and I I kept thinking about my attitude. You know, do we sometimes do we sometimes come to church and we want to pat ourselves on the back? We've done this and we've done that. When when really we're here to serve God. We're not here to get a pat on our the back, our back. And you know, recently I looked in the paper. I had a kid that I taught at Oakman that that passed away this week, and then I had another one a couple of months ago. And it makes you want to reflect. Are we really doing what we need to do or are we just coming to church to get a pat on the back uh, and that's something we all struggle with but I think about the souls that we encounter every day and are we really are we really reaching them are we really going out and spreading the love of, love of Christ and really are we too shy sometimes we, we're too shy to really really reach people the way we need to be reached we invite them to church and and, you know, we tell them about all the fun times we have, but are we really telling them about eternity? Are we really trying to reach their, their soul and their being? And that's something I struggled with this past couple of weeks. When looking in the paper and seeing the obituaries and seeing people that I've come to contact, in contact with, and, yeah, I was good to them, but is being good to them, is that really preaching? The, I mean, you're showing the love of Christ to them, but are you really reaching them? And it, it just makes you makes you aware of the impact that that we each have. So the passage of scripture that I chose is about it's in Luke 18, verse 18 through 23, and it's a comparison of the young ruler and Zacchaeus. And a certain ruler, I mean Luke 18, chapter 18, verses 18 through 23. A certain ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus responded. And Jesus answered, No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. All these things I've kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, You still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was a man of great wealth. Jesus looked at him and said, How hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle 
than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, Who then can be saved? Jesus replied, What is impossible with men is possible with God. Peter said to him, We have left all we have to follow you. I tell you the truth. truth. Jesus said to them, No one who has left home or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come. Eternal life. So we have this rich man, and, you know, he was a Jew, and he was probably, you know, when you read the uh, different things that, that point back to this, it says that he was probably a member of the Sanhedrin. So he comes to Jesus, and he's calling him a teacher. So he's not fully aware that Jesus is, is Christ. So he's, he's questioning that. But he also comes to him with that concept of, of I, I'm good, I'm good. But the Bible tells us being good and keeping the commandments, it's not going to save us. You know, we've got to have a relationship with Christ. So, you know, God responds back and, and you know, he's kind of kind of pointing his way there that, you know, sell all your stuff. So one of the, some of the commandments are, are take care of your neighbor, you know. Uh, so he's challenging him that way. Uh, he's worried about, this guy's worried about keeping the law and not salvation. Jesus challenged him to show him he hasn't kept, kept the laws. Uh, you look back at Matthew 22, 37 through 40. The last commandment which Jesus mentioned and which the rich young ruler claimed to have kept from the Jews was, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The Lord was now going to put this to the test. Did he really love his neighbor? Would he be willing to give his riches to his poor neighbor? Before this man was ready to be saved, he needed to see he was a guilty law, lawbreaker. Only then would he be ready for the good news that Jesus Christ came into this world to save all of us guilty lawbreakers because we can all struggle, we can all try to keep the law, but none of us, it's all like filthy rags to the, to the Lord. Uh, if you can read that in 1 Timothy 1, 15. All the Ten Commandments are summed up in two commandments which have been called the two greatest commandments. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. One of these two commandments hang, commandments hang all the law and, and the prophets. Matthew 22, 37 through 40. This guy was putting his wealth ahead of God. So he was violating one of the commandments. He was putting his wealth. He didn't want to let go of his wealth and his status to follow Jesus. How many times do we get caught up in everyday life of not want that may not be wealth. It may be the fact that we don't want to give up our comfort zone. We don't want to give up the ease of what we had. And I think that's what the this young ruler was struggling with. He he, he was afraid to give up. He was afraid to leave his comfort zone. He was afraid to give every, everything over to the Lord. And sometimes we come to church and we have different things that are, that are the wealth was his stumbling block. So we have different things that are our stumbling block. It may be that we put uh, material goods ahead of, ahead of things. We don't, we don't tithe enough. Or we spend our time, uh, you know, going to play golf rather than, than you know, volunteering at church. There's different things that can be our stumbling block. 
You know, I don't think I don't think Jesus was saying there's anything wrong with with wealth, but sometimes it's hard when you've got things to give it up and make that sacrifice. Uh, so when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he, for he had great possessions and great wealth. He knew what this meant. Christ's high standards and his own ambitions and desires were incompatible, being both thoughtful and well-intentioned. So he went away sorrowful. He wanted the hev heavenly treasure, but he wanted also the worldly advantages his riches, riches would bring him. He was sorry that such conditions existed. existed. He desired eternal life, but he was not willing to make the sacrifice. The cost of eternal life seemed too great, and he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Too many times we're like the rich young ruler. We long for the privilege of everlasting life, but are we willing to put Jesus first in our life? Not every person is required to give up all their wealth, but this young man had made riches. His God was, in fact, breaking the first and second commandment. He, the riches were his idols. So how many times do we come in here to church, is my point, and we want to check a box? We come in here to check a box, and we don't want to give full our heart over to Jesus. And I'm guilty of that. Sometimes, sometimes we get busy in life, and we, and we put our jobs ahead of what we're supposed to do and uh, that's e that's easy to do I've done it I've done it before and, he, and then God does something to get our t attention so we see we see the young ruler who was a law follower he was he was consumed with his material goods and you know Jesus he went on to say how hard is it for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven you know it's it's like a camel trying to uh, pass through an eye of a needle and what he's saying there he's not saying that, that it's bad to be rich He's just saying that that's a stumbling block sometimes, that we, sometimes we don't want to give up what we've got to go, go serve Christ. And then you look on the other side of it, you look at Zac Zacchaeus later on in chapter, in chapter 19 of Luke. You see Zacchaeus, you know, he was a tax collector. And when you look at Zacchaeus' example, he, he was not well liked. You know, you know, the Bible stories, the kids always talk about he was a wee little man. Yeah, he was a short little man. But besides that, he was a tax collector. He was a, a Jewish collaborator with the Romans, and they didn't like him very well. He wasn't very well respected. He took advantage of his own people to make money, and he, he always, you know, those tax collectors took a portion of their uh, money, their profits, uh, for themselves. So he wasn't very well liked. But you had Jesus coming through, going to Jerusalem, and he made the long route to go to Jericho to have an encounter with Zacchaeus. And when you read those scriptures, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, and he was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. So he may have been intrigued with Jesus. He may have heard about all the miracles, and he may have wanted to see a miracle. But Jesus had a plan for Zacchaeus. He wanted to use Zacchaeus. Just like in scriptures that we've read in the past, like the woman at the well, Jesus came to save people like Zacchaeus, people that didn't need a pat on the back. He was wealthy, but he knew he needed something. He knew he needed an encounter with the Savior. So he wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. 
When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be a guest with a sinner? So there you have that, the attitude of the Pharisees and the Jewish people at that time. They couldn't believe Jesus was going to see Zacchaeus, uh, a man that was a tax collector, a collaborator with the Romans, somebody they thought was lower than them. But Jesus came to save ev everyone. And we look at Zacchaeus' heart. You know, he had made the effort to go see Jesus. He, you know, climbing a tree was, was really something that would be embarrassing for that age and time of a man of Zacchaeus' stature. But he chose to climb the, climb the tree. He chose to be present to see Jesus. All the people saw that and began to mutter, He has gone to the guest of a sinner. How many times do we judge people when, and I think about in Acts when Paul, I think about Paul, we've talked about in Sunday school class with the youth, Paul went to Cornelius. God told him to go and have supper with that Gentile. And everybody said, Paul, what are you doing? And Paul was like, you know, God came to save everybody, Jew and Gentile. So he was willing to go and break down those barriers and go have lunch or supper with and break bread with Cornelius, the Roman centurion, and do what the Lord told him to do. How many times are we afraid to go and reach those people that may not be reachable, that society tells us, you know, don't deal with them. You know, they're, they're bad. You know, we shouldn't welcome their sin, but we should love the sinner, is what I'm trying to say. And, and most of the time, somebody that's in that position that, that wants an experience with Jesus, they're not going to just openly come in here to church because they're intimidated by us. They're intimidated by what we think about them. And sometimes we need to be aware of that. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. So you can see the difference. You know, Zacchaeus, he had a need for Jesus. He knew he wasn't good. He knew he wasn't liked. And it, but he was willing to change. He was willing to, he didn't have that stumbling block of, of wealth. Uh, he was willing to give that up to follow Jesus. And, you know, Jesus said salvation came to his house today. So, and I think about for me and for us that, that do have a relationship with Christ, what is our stumbling block? What is holding us back from ser serving? You know, I was scared to death to get up here and speak today. I'm sweating like crazy right now because I'm, I'm nervous. And I'm not usually nervous when I go speak to the Gideons, but it's always hard to be a prophet in your own, your own land. And I, I think about what, what people are thinking about me getting up here and speaking because I normally, normally don't speak. But, you know, that's a stumbling block I've gotten out of my way because I'm wanting to serve the Lord more uh, and, that, and that's something that we all can we all can work on I think is and I can work on it even more and trying to read the Bible and understand more about you know verses of scripture uh, and then I, you know that but then you look back and you look at also in Luke the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector you know the Pharisee came into the temple and he was beating on his chest that he was so good, and the tax collector came in, and he just wanted to worship God, and I think God can see in our heart when we come to him, 
just like he saw with the young ruler. You know, the Lord saw, he knew when the Lord, the young ruler came to him what was going to be the outcome. He knew when he was asking him questions and responding that wealth was his biggest stumbling block. That he wanted a pat on the back like we sometimes come to church for. We want a pat on the back that we teach Sunday school. We want a pat on the back that we clean the church. Uh, but, but you know, there's there's more to it than that. There's more to serving God. Uh, I think about, you know, how I became a Gideon and to go out and speak, you know, back when Lily was born. She was born uh, very premature, and I told the Lord that I'd do whatever he wanted to if, if uh, he would spare Lily's life. And he did. I mean, look at Lily now. She's she's almost grown and, and good. And I've tried to fulfill my promise to the Lord by getting out and working and speaking for God. But it's not about it's not it's not about me, it's about how we approach God. It's about our attitude and how we come to God with a with an open heart and open attitude. And are we willing to give up, you know, our comfort zone? Just like the young ruler. He wasn't he wasn't willing to give up his comfort zone. I don't think God wanted him to give up everything, but he wanted to see if he would, He would like when Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac, God wanted to see, are you, are you willing? I'm not asking for everything. I just want to see if you're willing. So with that being said, that's, that's pretty much all I've got today. I know we've got, a, we've got a business meeting planned, but first I want to open up the altar. If anybody's, you know, got business to do with the Lord, if you got stumbling blocks to, to get off your heart, uh, you know, the altar's open to do business if you want to come lead us in a, in a song. Um, while I was sitting here, and I knew Patrick was probably not going to talk very long, um, I just want to ask, I'm going off script, so if you want to turn Facebook off, that'd be great. Um, I want to ask, I remember old-timey testimony uh, services, and I'm not talking, we're not going to do that here today, and I don't want to hear a 25-hour dissertation about whatever, but I want to know, does anyone have something they want to praise God for publicly this morning or what he's been doing in your life? Just for a few minutes, Don't. it's just family. Nobody's going to judge you. If Zacchaeus can climb a tree, you can stand up and tell what the Lord has done for you this week. So I'm just going to open it up. Does anybody have something to say? Anybody else got a word? Anybody else? I'm going to leave it open for a second. Emily, uh, Lily or Emily, you got something? <laughs> I don't know. 
give up and just, you know, say this is not happening. And, you know, I was devastated <laughs> really when I found out because I didn't want to tell her. I didn't want her to be heartbroken. And, of course, she was excited. And, and then she ends up pregnant. And now, you know, I mean, that's God. You know, <laughs> there's no other way to explain it. And, and we're super excited for both of them. And, you know, yeah, we're going to need lots of help. <laughs> Brian, you better start working know. overtime because yeah. you're going to have two more grandkids. Yeah. To I don't know if we can run as fast as we used to, (laughs) but we're excited and blessed and thankful, and and, um, I got to see him this week on ultrasound, and he is, he's super active, so everybody gets running shoes ready because they were like, yeah, this one won't be still. I was like, yeah, we've been told that every time. (laughs) So that's just, that's, we're blessed, and we're excited and thankful, and, you know. You know, Cortland, um, I thought we were done, and I sold my changing table. And two months later, I found out I was pregnant. And Rod laughed, and I cried for about two weeks. Um, but he is the icing on our cake. He is the completer of our family. Um, so I feel the same way about my number three. He's oh, awesome. Yeah, we sold so. everything. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, Emily. Amen. Anybody else got a word? Just a small word. We appreciate you more than you know, more than you know. Anybody else have a word, just a small word, just praise him this morning. He is good, even when life isn't. And life is really hard a lot of the time, especially coming up on this time of year. For um, Denise, had a, a, they did a grief share luncheon yesterday for how to get through the holidays. And sometimes it's just like a bear hunt. You can't go around it, you can't go over it, you can't go under it, you just got to go through it. And for those of you who are experiencing first-time holidays without your, your loved one, I, I really, my heart hurts for you. Because um, it, it gets a little less hard, but it does not get easier. Um, so, with that being said, going once. Denise. Connie is right there. Sorry, I always, I, I, I see her face more. So, Connie Burton has been, been facilitating. And Darlene. Sorry, Denise. I didn't mean to single just her out. I'm I'm sorry. Um, What a great uh, ministry that is. I think that's something we should continue. Come on, Linda. That you stand up. (laughs) Come on. Amen. Coleman's. We are blessed to have a church family who serves, and and it's so important to take care of each other. I learned that in 2017 when our lives kind of fell apart um, with sickness and death, and you know, if it had not been for my church family and the Lord, most most definitely the Lord. Um, that I would not have gotten it through that year. Um, and it was the hardest year of our lives, Rod's and I's lives, and, um, but we made it through because of him. Anybody else got a word? We're not on a time frame here. I'd be happy to listen, and so would we. Um, let's sing It Is Well With My Soul. How appropriate. I'm going to let you just sit there.